At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 803. March 4, 2022, it was 61 degrees on this day on two occasions, 1983 and the year 2000. And it was 22 below in uh, 1873. I'm not done. 10 inches of snow on this day in 1984. And tomorrow, March 5th, uh, was the first 70 I could find of a calendar year. It was 72 degrees uh, on March 5th. 2000. So just let me review here. It was 61 degrees on this day in 2000, and the very next day it was 72 degrees. Nice. That's our first and appearance now. of a of a 70. Yeah. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on production, Chris Reavers, director of social media. John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Rook, are you aware of uh, Kenny's announcement from the Krabby Coffee Shop yesterday? I am not caught up to my Krabby Coffee Shop shows. What was the announcement? Uh, He announced that at 3 o'clock today, uh, the United States will suffer an electromagnetic pulse, followed by a nuclear attack, uh, followed by what was was the third thing, Kenny? Uh, Long-range conventional missiles that will take out all of our nuclear power. So we have three hours to go, according to Kenny. And last night, when the animals hit the... uh, Nuclear plant, I, I thought, uh-oh, Kenny might be right. Well, might be. I'm glad I'm not caught up right now. I'd be very depressed today, mm-hmm. and I'd be nervous. I can hear the clock ticking right now. Mm-hmm. It's uh, We're down to two hours, 56 minutes. Well, it's been uh, nice knowing you guys. Uh, John in Arizona wants to know, since most of the residents of Gumption County won't be around after the show today, according to Kenny... Will the survivors have to follow the rules of Gumption County? And since tomorrow may be the last show, can you make all the GLers honorary interim mayors and sidekicks? Yeah, like, start just like that birthdays. 9-11 lady yesterday in Minneapolis. Uh, and Kevin McDonald wants to know, concerning Kenny's apocalyptic announcement, would it be prudent to cancel my 530 reservation at OBS for their fabulous fish fry, or Whoa. do I take my chances? Ever been to OBS? I have. It's fantastic. Where is it? It's... Um it's in West St. Paul, no, kind of like not, nowhere, No, it's nowhere near West St. Paul. You tell me where. What are you it's waiting at for? The fo- it's uh, it's uh, uh, it's a weird highway sixty one, and I can't remember the street. Off of Burns. Yeah, it's right there at the foot of Mounds Park. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Good I'm, fish fry, huh? I love good, a good fish fry. Good everything, but it's super busy. When the yeah, you can't. Nobody goes there anymore because it's too crowded. Way too crowded. Yeah. Warner Road, somewhere by Warner Road. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. A couple turns off of Warner. I was thinking of Tatter's Pub is the one off of Dodd and yeah. 110. I'm, I'm kind of amused at the fish fry uh, situation. The uh, the newspapers get a big kick out of pointing out, hey, it's I fish have, fry season. I have noticed an abundance of signs, too, for fish fries. Can I get a grouper, blackened grouper? Would that count? you got to be careful where you go yeah. because you, you want them to declare what kind of fish it is. Mm-hmm. I would say the best fish fry is Max Fish and Chips on uh, Larpenter and Hamlet. I, I knew there was a danger in bringing this up because you would, uh, you would find it an appealing topic. <clears throat> where were we, by the way? Do, do you know why, though? Because they also serve, fish. they also serve a breaded chicken breast that is to die for, and that's what I get. I don't get the well, fish. Well, you're right. Catholic. You know, you're not supposed to eat meat on Friday. There's a mistake. I can because of my age. So my a senior. So, so a guy on the on the way to the radio station might not want to call Cecil's Deli and order the hot pastrami sandwich with the side of potato salad. Don't tell my wife. Was it Hoyts when Royce asked the the waitress? When we kill the grouper? Yeah, how long? Yeah. How long ago is this dead? <laughs> when we? How long ago do we kill this thing? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the day Kenny ate five. That's right. Ten, maybe it's ten Chick Fil A's without the bun, oh. and then went to J D Hoyt's yes, for dinner. Yes, yes. I never got one. They were in the studio. A constitution of iron, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's got the good boiler. Joe, I have a lost wallet story of my own. People are still urging Jake to do the right thing. And you know what? Because Jake's a GLer, I bet he will do the right thing. And I'm waiting to hear from him to confirm that he's done the right thing. Joe, I have a lost wallet story of my own and it has a happy ending. It was a few years back. I was putting my keys and phone in my pocket before getting into the car. And in doing so, I put my wallet on the roof of the car and forgot about it. I got to my destination and realized what I had done. I went back to the parking lot where I made the error and found no wallet. I was frustrated knowing I will have to cancel cards, go to the DMV at some point and get a new ID as well as lose whatever money uh, I I may have had in the wallet. I was with my mother, and as we were on our way home, she suggested I stop off at the police station in town and file a report in case someone finds it and does the right thing. I got to the station and told the officer at the front desk that I would like to report a lost wallet. She gave me a knowing look and asked me, where did you lose it? I uh, I told her where I had lost it, and then she said, what is your first and last name? I told her. She smiled, opened up a drawer, and pulled out my wallet. I, it was turned in about 15 minutes before I arrived. All my cards, ID, and money were intact. I never learned the identity of the Good Samaritan, but it renewed my faith and hope the, uh, that good people are not in the minority. Nate from Jordan. Hmm. That sounds like a lie. Here's today's ray so. of hope. I don't think it's a lie. And he thinks he made it up. He's got two minutes and 56 seconds before he is melted, and he's uh, he's saying, uh, okay. Americans can expect increasing pain at the pump as rising oil costs, along with the rising demand and a reduction in supply, continue to push up prices at gas stations across the U.S. The spike is unlikely to ease anytime soon as Russia's war with Ukraine intensifies. The current national average price of gas is... 378 a gallon, jumping 20 cents in the last week, according to Patrick DeHaan, head of petroleum analysis at Gas Buddy. Fuel uh, costs are up roughly a dollar from a year ago. Industry data shows a blow for millions of Americans grappling with a broad increase in inflation. In U.S. states, with the priciest fuel, motorists are already paying 450 a gallon, according to 
according to price tracker Gas Buddy. How'd you like to drive a truck in San Francisco these days? And nope. the uh, truck convoy just went through. Mm-hmm. Dehan retweeted uh, on Feb 28 that the average gas price in some U.S. cities will reach five bucks a gallon in the next couple of weeks. San Francisco. Yesterday became the first U.S. city with an average gas price of more than $5 a gallon, an increase of over 30% in one year. Uh, Oil prices surged another $7 a barrel on Wednesday after an agreement by the U.S. and other major governments to release 60 million barrels from their national reserves, half of them U.S. barrels, failed to quell supply concerns over Russia's attack. Oil prices spiked again yesterday following a new round of U.S. sanctions targeting Russia's oil refinery sector. The price of Brent crude, the international benchmark, rose to $120 a barrel, its highest level in 10 years, before dropping back down to $110.46 a barrel, according to Reuters. The decision made by the 31 member nations of the International Energy Agency to release oil from emergency stockpiles was intended to send a strong message to oil markets that there will be no shortage uh, shortfall in supplies as a result of the in, uh, invasion, but that failed to move the markets. Uh, Russia is a major exporter of crude oil, accounting for about 12% of the world's supply, far more in Europe, which we'll get to in a moment. Any disruption to those exports is likely to drive prices at the pump higher for consumers almost everywhere. All right, I, here's what I would say to that. Wow. Here's what I would say to that. Go. That's going to be the least of our problems. $5 a gallon gasoline is going to be the least of our problems. I, I agree. Because behind it is an ideology, a green ideology, that is not at all predisposed to using more and more fossil fuels. So you, we can get upset that it's going to be $5 a gallon next week. Yeah. But before it runs out, it'll be $15 a gallon. There's no uh, there's no world leadership right now stressing the importance of fossil fuels, even though we have intelligent people who champion the idea of fossil fuels. Among them, a guy named Michael Schellenberger. He wrote the book San Francisco, uh, and he has a piece on that on that Barry Weiss Substack. Barry Weiss, former New York Times editorialist who has a, a, a great a site where great writing takes place. And uh, Schellenberg, Schellenberger, on March 1st, uh, wrote, The West's green delusions empowered Putin. While we banned plastic straws, Russia drilled and doubled nuclear energy production. Mm. And the real problem, as I say, the problem is not going to be $5 at the pump, $5 a gallon. The problem is it's never going to get better. With this current green ideology that takes over the world. Yes. Uh, So what we have, we're in the grip of people who want to see us break our dependence on fossil fuels. They want soft renewables to save the earth. How is Vladimir Putin, a man ruling a country with an economy smaller than that of uh, uh, Rhode Island, or whatever it said here, the printer cut off, damn it. Putin knows that Europe produces 3.6 million barrels of oil a day, but uses 15 million barrels of oil a day. Putin knows that Europe produces 230 billion cubic meters of natural gas a year, but uses 560 billion cubic meters. 
He knows that Europe uses 950 million tons of coal a year, but produces half that. The former KGB agent knows Russia produces 11 million barrels of oil a day, but only uses 3.4 million. Wow. He knows Russia now produces over 700 billion cubic meters of gas a year, but only uses around 400 billion. Russia mines 800 million tons of coal each year, but uses 300. That's how Russia ends up supplying 20% of Europe's oil, 40% of its gas, and 20% of its coal. The math is simple. A child could do it. The reason Europe did not have a muscular deterrent threat to prevent Russian aggression, and in fact prevented the U.S. from getting allies to do more, is that it needs Putin's oil and gas. He got you right here. He's got you right here. Okay, the question is why? This is Schellenberger. How is it possible that European countries, Germany especially, allowed themselves to become so dependent on an, author, on an authoritarian country over the 30 years since the end of the Cold War? Here's how. These countries, and I would include the U.S., are in the grips of a delusional ideology that makes them incapable of understanding the hard realities of energy production. Green ideology insists we don't need nuclear and that we don't need fracking. It insists that it's just a matter of time, uh, will, and money to switch to all renewables. It insists that we need to degrowth the economy and that we face looming human extinction. I would know, Schellenberger said, I myself was once a true believer, but he's had an intellectual conversion and come to his senses. John Kerry, the U.S. climate envoy, perfectly captured the myopia of this view when he said in the days before the war that the Russian invasion of Ukraine could have a profound negative impact on the climate. But it was the West's focus on healing the planet with soft energy, renewables, and moving away from natural gas and nuclear that allowed Putin to gain a stranglehold over Europe's energy supply. I am having chest uh, pains. Oh. Well, yeah. Well, you um, see into the future. Um, okay. Uh, you keep going. Uh, let me formulate yeah, yeah. this. As the West fell into a hypnotic trance about healing its relationship with nature, averting climate apocalypse and worshiping a teenager named Greta, Vladimir Putin made his moves. While he expanded nuclear energy at home so Russia could export its, export its precious oil and gas to Europe, Western governments spent their time and energy obsessing over carbon footprints, a term created by an advertising firm working for British Petroleum. They banned plastic straws because a nine-year-old Canadian child's science homework. They paid for hours of climate anxiety therapy. While Putin expanded Russia's oil production, expanded natural gas production, and then doubled nuclear energy production to allow more exports of its gas, Europe, led by Germany, shut down its nuclear power plants, closed gas fields, and refused to develop more through advanced methods like fracking. The numbers tell the story the best. In 2016, 30% of the natural gas consumed by the European Union came from Russia. In 2018, that figure jumped to 40%. By 2020, it was 44%, and by early 2021, it was nearly 47%. Wow. The result has been the worst global energy crisis since 1973, driving prices for electricity and gasoline higher around the world. It is a crisis fundamentally of inadequate supply, but the scarcity is entirely manufactured. Europeans, led by figures like 
Greta Thunberg and European Green Party leaders and supported by Americans like John Kerry believe that a healthy relationship with the earth requires making energy scarce. By turning to renewables, they would show the world how to live without harming the planet. But this was a pipe dream. You cannot power a whole grid with solar and wind because the sun and wind are inconsistent and currently existing batteries aren't even cheap enough to store large quantities of electricity overnight, much less across whole seasons. In service to green ideology, they made the perfect enemy of the good and of Ukraine. I can go on. No, I think we get the message. Why, why isn't then the first reaction from this administration to turn because you're going to get a ton of emails about this, so I'm just going to ask this on the show. Turn the damn Keystone Pipeline back on. Well, we, we've discussed that. We've discussed first. the Keystone. But, but there was a breaking report that came out this morning that said it would have provided 830,000 barrels of oil per day. Globally, but Globally. not to us. Correct, but that still would help the supply issue. Eases right. the burden. Well, the world is, I'm reading it to you, the, the world is in a grip of, of a delusional ideology. That we're going to die if we don't stop. If we don't stop using fossil fuels, we're going to die. We're going to melt. No, we're going to die because the clown across the the pond is going to push the big red button. Before I drop a knowledge bomb on you, can you play me that f- most frequent carry soundbite? What does he say? Oh, sorry a- about the war and affecting the green. What I I, I, I yeah, might we'll be find in, it. We'll find it. I might be in agreement with him, and this is very distressing. Keep uh, keep. Keep talking, Kenny. It's going to take me a minute. Here's the deal. I am of the opinion that five to fifteen dollars per gallon of fuel, either gasoline or diesel, will absolutely kill the green movement, Joe. I think it'll cut it off at its knees. Here's what's happening right now today. Uh, Diesel jumped up dramatically today. Gas is on the rise up to twenty cents. What this is doing is this is going to stop independent operators, guys that own their own semis, um, that hire out and and move goods. They're going to stop working altogether. Their trucks will remain idle because their books will be upside down. There'll be more money going out to buy fuel than coming in. This leaves the onus on all the big, big, big transfer companies. Their prices are going to skyrocket, and the price of goods are going to go so high that all of Americans will absolutely lash out and protest and put a stop to any of this green movement, and they're going to say what we've been saying: get the pipeline going. We've, you, you know what I mean. Go ahead. I have a Am dark. I wrong? I have a no. I have a dark answer to it, though. Oh boy, you haven't gone far enough. What do you mean? There's another level above this that must be looked at. Well, I, I miss. And that is, is. And that is, if if. The, the John Kerry's of the world and political leaders manage to end the availability of fossil fuels. Then they have successfully ended the notion of a free society, and they have successfully brought about the mystery, which would be a ruling class of elites de- oh. completely dependent on some sort—I I hate oh. to be black helicopter, oh. but completely dependent on some sort of new social order. Oh, that is dark. Oh, that's really scary. Because what you're presupposing, and I don't blame you for it, you're presupposing that the average man in America, the average woman, will have a voice in this. Right. I think I the average man and the women in America, we're the ones losing. We're being shut out. 
Ugh. We've just been told for two years that what what to do about an illness. What are we going to What are we going How are we going to behave when there is no fossil fuels? There is no more gas stations. Hey, uh, Ruck, can you can you hand me that right there? Yeah, it's pretty cold. So stick it out. I was going to drink it myself. Oh my God. Kenny, it only stands logically to reason. There's got to be another another level above this. We're bringing you mean a about pu- the a puppet master. Yeah, we're bringing about the ruination of fuel, which has made the world free. You can argue all you want about it, but it's made uh, whoever wishes to have embraced it and take advantage of it. It is made for free societies. So, let me get this straight. You're saying that five to fifteen dollars per gallon won't matter. Independent operators stopping work won't matter. Uh, large, large, large transfer companies raising prices won't matter because the government is going to step in, take control of all those things, um, still keep fuel um, um, access to fuel rare, and basically provide for us. Yes, and I, I the part I haven't figured out yet is where are they going to get the money to do that? They're going to take our paychecks. They're going to take our bank accounts. We're going to be working for the government okay, then, and then be given can... an, an allowance. Food. Uh, I'm afraid that's correct. I'm rationing that's cards. Correct. It's like going to uh, uh, Russia, and he, here you can buy six uh, cans of soup, uh, two loaves okay, of bread, but, and 20 yes, gallons this yes, week. That's yes. your ration. Okay, now, remember, we're at that, now we're at the upper level. It needs to be looked at. But distribution won't be able to distribute uh, cans of beans and corn. You're going to shut down the airlines. You're not going anywhere. You're not going to travel go- anymore. No, the, the government, government will the government run will all of that. It. The government will distribute and, it. And you're right, Matthew. They won't allow travel. You don't need to go to Hawaii. It's too expensive. You don't there, have there's the money. No reason we have for to you save to the earth. Which is which is a lie, but that's the ruse. I told you from day one, this has nothing to do with the climate. Nothing. This has nothing to do with saving the earth. This has a lot to do, everything to do with bringing about a new version of our lives, and a dark, bad one. My hat's off oh. to you, sir. I, I thought I was the darkest thinker on the staff, but you uh, you just took it to yeah, a whole new level. I guess the clock level. is ticking for Joan out too. That's a whole concerned about new Ukraine level. because of the people of Ukraine and because of the principles that are at risk uh, in terms of international law and trying to change boundaries of international law by force. Uh, I thought we lived in a world that had said no to that kind of activity, and I hope diplomacy will win. But massive uh, emissions consequences to the war, but equally importantly, you're going to lose people's focus. You're going to lose certainly big country attention because they will be diverted and and uh, i think it could have a damaging impact so you know i think hopefully president putin would realize that in the northern part of his country they used to live on 66 percent of a nation that was over frozen land now it's thawing and his infrastructure is at risk and the people of russia at risk and so i hope president putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. Okay. If that doesn't inspire no, people, I don't know what does. Based on what we've just been discussing, I have a new way to analyze what he just said. He's either an extremely uh, empty vessel, or he believes that he's genuinely worried that this higher level that he's after won't be brought about because people won't be won't continue to buy their BS. 
they'll 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 say uh, the last thing we're worried about right now is climate change. That's the th- only thing he wants you to be worried about. That's because, the only thing he wants you to be worried because about. Because that's keeping him in business. That's his no, industry. It's, it's, it keep, what it keeps in business is this unknown long-range vision for what, for, for what these global elites see hmm. and wish to bring about. So there's a method to his remarks that are, are easily thought to be extremely tone-deaf and stupid, but I think he gave you a true glimpse into what's left of his soul. That we we uh, we can't we can't lose our grip on climate change. We've got the people right where we want them, and now here comes Putin. And he actually, where he's really stupid is, Putin doesn't care about this new world order, this new no. deal. He no. he cares about uh, money and power yeah. and control. Wait, yeah. wait, maybe Putin. This is Putin's way of fighting this. He knows that eventually uh, the prices are going to go up. We're going to try to cut um, cut him off, not buy his oil, and that is going to cause a global panic and a global protest, and we're all going to go crazy and not allow the green thing to happen and insist on so- – no, that's going – All right, let's, that's conti- a dead end. let's continue with Schellenberger. Take Germany. Green campaigns have succeeded in destroying German energy independence. They call it energy turnaround by successfully selling policymakers on a peculiar version of environmentalism. It calls climate change a near-term apocalyptic threat to human survival while turning up its nose at the technologies that can help address climate change most and soonest, nuclear and natural gas. At the turn of the millennium, Germany's electricity was around 30% nuclear-powered. But Germany has been sacking its reliable, inexpensive nuclear plants. Thunberg called nuclear power extremely dangerous, expensive, and time-consuming, despite the UN's International Panel on Climate Change deeming it necessary and every major scientific review deeming nuclear the safest way to make reliable power. By 2020, Germany had reduced its nuclear share from 30% to 11%. Then on the last day of 2021, Germany shut down half of its remaining six nuclear reactors. The other three are slated for shutdown at the end of this year. Compare this to France, which fulfills 70% of its electricity needs with carbon-free nuclear plants. The upshot here is that you can't spend enough on climate initiatives to fix things if you ignore nuclear and gas. By 2015 and 2025, between 2015 and 2025, Germany's efforts to green its energy production will have cost $580 billion. Yet despite this enormous investment, German electricity still costs 50% more than nuclear-friendly France's and generating it produces eight times more carbon emissions per unit. Plus... Germany is getting over a third of its energy from Russia. Germany has trapped itself. It could burn more coal and undermine its commitment to reducing carbon emissions, or it could use more natural gas, which generates half the carbon emissions of coal, but at the cost of dependence on imported Russian gas. Berlin was faced with a choice between unleashing the wrath of Putin on neighboring countries or inviting the wrath of Greta Thunberg. They chose Putin. I had no idea I was going to be this good today. (laughs) (laughs) 
Putin had to know. He had to know. Is he that, that the, complex, though? No, listen. Listen, he had to know that the world would discuss and then eventually stop buying his oil and global prices would, would skyrocket. He had to know that. Mm-hmm. He had to have advisors tell him that. Mm-hmm. He had to know that by shutting down nuclear plants, power plants, that we'd end up relying on coal plants and um, natural gas plants. He had to know that. I think Putin is – I think he's trying to put a stop to the green movement. But what – so I'm his, speculating anyway. So what's his gamble? What's his gamble? He – he realizes if he does this, there's going to be sanctions. His gamble all is his, everything, Matt, but, everything. But all his oil is going to be not moving, or to most countries because of the sanctions. He's got all cards on the table. So the price of oil shoots way up. Which isn't going to make any difference because there's a layer of concern above that. Mm-hmm. There has to be. There has to be. It, it makes no sense. to. The, the, Why would he do such an insane thing? You know, like like we've we've said, we've compared uh, Ukraine to Delaware. It's like the United States attacking Delaware. What we can't square, what I can't reconcile, what I can't process, is is the rampant slaughter of these innocents. Oh, it's yeah. I I can't square that to this civilian apartment complexes. I mean, it's just they're regular neighborhoods and. You don't get, you know, if the the U.S. did that, they would know that bad guy number eight is living in there, and it's a single-family home, and they'd get him. Kenny, by the way, your comparison, that's not even close to what it's like. It's more like this. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It yeah. exists next to another country called Russia. Thank Russia you. Russia is a bigger country. Mm-hmm. Russia is a powerful country. Powerful. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it Was goes against Sesame everything Street? that we stand that's for. That's what we speculated. Uh, Joe, what's, what's his motivation for taking this power plant? It's to turn the power off. Why is he going to turn the power off? That you so, have to get it from him. So we uh, acquiesce, so we give up, and we say, okay, take over Ukraine. We need our power. Can't do that because then he's going to take Poland. Then he's going to take Latvia. Don't take Polska. Then he's going to take Slovakia. Well, the only answer then is World War III. That's right. At what point does the United States have to intervene? I've asked you that four times. I don't. Um, don't 2014, when he was moving in 2014. That's when we should have intervened. Okay, but let's get in his mind right now. Right now, his his cabinet members sit 40 feet away on a big table. He's afraid of COVID. His, Plus he's afraid of being shot. And his buddies, all his, uh, what do you call them? His Ola, henchmen. Oligots or whatever. Oligark. Oligark. <laughs> all those guys story. are they're, mad at him. They're because, hiding their boats. At, because their assets are frozen. So he's basically an isolated alone person right now and that's going to make you go even more bat you know what crazy because he he doesn't have everybody around him praising him or okay here's how i would answer uh, kenny's question in yours he's taking advantage of societies that are more interested in climate change than they are in fighting for freedom yes 
Yeah, you're right. He's mocking them. I mean, I told you before, we're worried about whether, uh, you know, Mr. Potato Head has a unit. Mm -hmm. And we're banning plastic bags and plastic straws. And oh, by the way, and oh, by the way, it's not a coincidence that he waited until after the Olympic Games were over with. Yeah, because Xi Jinping asked him to. Correct. And that should also fear every single person in this world. We're being sold this utter nonsense about we have to drive electric cars. We've been through the environmental damage brought about by the mining alone for environmental cars. And what an irony that environmentalism in its most strident forms is ruining the environment. Isn't that an irony? Mm-hmm. Go to the Center for American Exper- Center of the American Experiment. You know why? They'll have position papers on this. We have a great think tank in our midst, and I'm grateful for them. The Center of the American Experiment has been in business for more than... 30 years, reports, papers, research, events, speakers, leading to, lead, on the leading public policy issues of the day. Uh, but they also get into the arena and advocate and fight on issues like education reform, sensible energy policy, health care, and the state budget. They're trying to make Minnesota a freer, more prosperous, and better governed state. And if they can bring that about, that'll have a ripple effect throughout the country yeah. and the world. They're get on great, their email list. They're great, great thinkers. And you can get a tutorial that gives you the timeline of the food fraud scandal, however alleged, mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, which uh, the court or the uh, – uh, we're going to take – well, we'll get to it in a minute. Uh, great website, a great magazine. Uh, but we have great thinkers in our midst, and we need to take more advantage of them. Uh, go to uh, AmericanExperiment.org. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. I love this place in Monticello, Moon Motorsports. More major power sports brands under one roof than any other regional dealer. It's the most exciting showroom experience in this state. That seriously large cathedral to motorsports is right there in Monticello, south side of 94, on the web, moonmotorsports.com. In addition to be the region's source for four-wheel rigs, side-by-sides, four ATVs, etc., talking Polaris, Honda, Can-Am, uh, they also sell more exciting European street motorcycles than any other regional dealer. Right now, Moon has the latest models of Ducati, BMW, Triumph, all right there in the showroom. So don't miss out on getting your new 2022. You've got to stop by and visit one of the experts. They are they are our, try saying that, are our, 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 well, you know what they are? Minnesota Motorcycle ATV side-by-side headquarters, also with service parts and sales. Check them out in Monticello on the web, moonmotorsports.com. Let's conclude uh, Schellenberger's piece. Naturally, when American sanctions on Russia's biggest banks were finally announced in concert with European allies last week, they specifically exempted energy products so Russia and Europe can keep doing that dirty business. A few voices called for what would really hit Russia where it hurts, cutting off energy imports. But what actually happened was that European energy utilities jumped to buy more contracts for the Russian oil and gas that flows through Ukraine. And that's because they have no other good options. After green activism's attack on nuclear and imported fracked gas from America, there's no current plan for powering Europe that doesn't involve buying from Putin. Hmm. 
We should take Russia's invasion of Ukraine as a wake-up call. Standing up for Western civilization this time requires a cheap, abundant, and reliable energy supplies produced at home or in allied nations. National security, economic growth, and sustainability requires greater reliance on nuclear and natural gas and less on solar and wind, which make electricity too expensive. The first and most obvious thing that should be done is for President Biden to call on German Chancellor Scholz to restart the three nuclear reactors that Germany closed in December. A key step in the right direction came on Sunday when Vice Chancellor Robert Habeck, the economy and climate minister, announced that Germany would at least consider stopping its phase out of nuclear. If Germany turns these three on and cancels plans to turn off the others, uh, the three others, those six should produce enough electricity to replace 11 billion cubic meters of natural gas per year, an eighth of Germany's current needs. Second, we need concerted action led by Biden, Congress, and their Canadian counterparts to significantly expand oil and natural gas output from North America to ensure the energy security of our allies in Europe and Asia. North America is more energy rich than anyone dreamed. Yes, it will be more expensive than Russian gas sent by uh, pipeline, but it would mean Europe could address Putin's war on Ukraine rather than financing it. Exporting gas by ship requires special terminals at ports to liquefy by cooling natural gas. Environmentalists oppose these terminals because of their ideological objection to any combustible fuel. So it's a good sign that Chancellor Scholz announced plans on Sunday to build two of these terminals to receive North American gas, along with announcing major new military spending to counter Russia. Third, the U.S. must stop shutting down nuclear plants and start building them. Every country should invest in next-generation nuclear fuel technology while recognizing that the current gener generation of light water reactors are our best tool for creating energy at home with no emissions right now. What you've heard about waste is mostly pseudoscience. Storing used fuel rods is a trivial problem already solved around the world by keeping them in steel and concrete cans. The more nuclear power we generate, the less oil and gas we have to burn, and the less the West will have to buy from Russia. Putin's relentless focus on energy reality has left him in a stronger position than he should have ever been allowed to find himself. It's not too late for the rest of the West to save the world from tyrannical regimes that have been powered by our own energy superstitions. Do we have the political will and the political people in place to resume <clears throat> our relentless search for more oil Ooh, and gas? Me, me, yeah, me, you in me, the back. Me. You in the back. Uh, no. Okay. Well, by the way, uh, are we capable of ever? Can we inch yes, back? Uh, yes. Uh, what yes. has to change? Then? Though the the, the uh, an ideological shift that reinforces the idea that our freedom is more important than this absurd and preposterous idea that we face the imminent demise of the earth. Okay. From the awful, uh, my question that's been going around my head, bouncing back and forth, is OPEC and why they won't um, increase output. And they recently said that they will not. They're going to stick with the same plan to slowly increase um, output. But from the Times on Wednesday, with the price of barrel, uh, the price of a barrel of oil soaring, the group of oil producers known at OPEC Plus declined to take steps to cool the market at its monthly meeting on Wednesday. In a statement that had surreal qualities given the surging prices in recent weeks, the group, which includes Russia and current fundamentalists and the outlook for the future, pointed to a 
well-balanced markets. Hmm. Okay, I'm having another deep thought. Putin thinks he can get away with, and so far he has. Putin thinks he can get away with uh, coming into the U- coming into Ukraine and taking it over and slaughtering innocent people. He thinks he can get away with that, uh, and the purpose has nothing. To, I don't think it has anything to do with energy. I think what he's what he's doing is he's, he's trying to reconstruct the imperial notion of a great Soviet Union that he believed existed at one time uh, in the 19th and 20th centuries, and. Uh, he believes he, he's getting away with this because in the meantime, he's just telling everybody else to shut up. If you want to keep warm and cook your food, you still got to buy your stuff from me. Yeah. Boom. There it is. Boom. And uh, I don't think such, it's that simple, that's Joe. so mobster. Well, he that's is a mobster. mobster. He is. That's he is what a he mobster. Is. But the other part about, is it Schellenberger you said? Yeah. His piece that you said, remember all of the, the bravado that came up before the invasion from the likes of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, where they basically said... They won't. They won't dare because they'll be sanctioned to the point where they won't be able to function. Yeah. Well, a that didn't happen. So b because of the fact that it didn't involve their energy or you know barrel production, whatever, it was a hollow threat. Right, a completely hollow threat by our government. In, in a not necessarily unrelated link, used car prices in Minnesota skyrocket, and there's uh, there's the car the Toyota Corolla, which is the world's most unimaginative automobile. Uh, as uh, used car prices on Toyota Corollas are up 50%. Uh, people wow. are having trouble. But here's here's the not necessarily unrelated link. We're also led by that green ideology that has no sympathy for people trying to get a car. Right. No, none whatsoever. Right. You think there's any effort here to... No. You should be taking... The supply chain problems play right into the green's hands. It, it does. And they celebrate that on social. Yeah. Well, we remember when the uh, Kenny? Remember when the uh, the ship was stranded back when gas was affordable, and AOC said, "This is so great that this this cargo ship couldn't move with all that with all of that oil aboard it," and she celebrated it because she's a moron. Saudi Arabia has the most spare capacity, followed by Iran, and then the uh, UAE. That's who has the oil right now. Carl Brower is the executive analyst with iccars.com. And he's saying, even if we had full new car production starting today, it would take months and months to clear the backlog of demand, and we don't have full production today, Carl said. So we are probably looking at a good 12-plus months before we are out of this, assuming that we could get up to full production in the next six months. I think he's, if you, if just based on our theory today, uh, that's a naive thought. You're not getting out of this. There's a political ideology and force at work in the world that doesn't give a damn if we start producing cars again. When you go to the highest level of this darkness. It's really scary. It really is. It really is because it's just like, come to mama. We've been waiting for you up here on this. Up Now we're in control. We got you. Under this faithless, uh, heretical, heretical, what's heresy? Heretical? Heretical? Heretical. Heretical. Under this faithless, heretic belief that free people uh, are on the precipice of destroying the earth and we virtuous are going to step in and prevent this. They're going to ruin everything. There's your mystery. They're going to bring about the mystery, a life that we will not recognize. That's the 
darkest scenario you have ever proposed. I'm not thrilled program. to make it. I, I don't want this to be. Usually you keep the dark stuff to yourself. Yep. But how can I keep it to myself when I watch these? Uh, you see the picture of the Ukrainian father cradling his son's head? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't like to see those. Oh, it told me a couple of things. Uh, the kid was shot playing soccer, 16 years old. So even as Russia is advancing, are they attempting to lead normal lives? The kids were out in the neighborhood playing soccer, and these animals come in and shoot them? Didn't they know enough to, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, that there should have been at least a, a, a modicum of decency from the soldiers? Well, not only that, but the, in hindsight, those kids should not have been out playing soccer. They should have been seeking shelter. There was a, a viral 10-second clip that was going around where there's tanks in this neighborhood. This guy's out for a bike ride. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the dark stuff. I like yeah. the dark stuff. Yeah. Uh, coronavirus, COVID, um, OPEC cut um, 9.7 million barrels of oil per day because demand was way, way down. Mm -hmm. And now look where we find ourselves. Mm -hmm. How's that figure in? They won't, they're, they're gradually increasing output, but they won't release what we need to keep gas prices in check. Russia is a part of OPEC. Putin profits no matter what, but now he's going to profit more because the price of a barrel of oil is skyrocketing. I think this has more to do. It's I I I think Ukraine is a convenient excuse. I, I think he's playing poker, and I think we're all falling for it. No, I think he's. I think he thinks he's so powerful with the energy. As I said, that uh, you know, it's a good time for me to go take Ukraine back. Who's going to stop me? Right. And it's a convenient excuse for the oligarchs to make even more money, and they're and and they 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 appear to be such a undisciplined uh, military. Why would you even threaten a nuclear power plant? Uh, wh- why weren't you told to lay off that for God's sakes? You're going to unleash a uh, but radiation disaster because Look he where wants, the, he's, yeah. he's going to shut it down, like I said, yeah. and make us rely more on coal and natural gas, which he can supply. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, an oligarch just landed in Utah. You following the kid? 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, I'm obsessed with this kid. Yeah, there's a kid, Rook, that uh, is following the oligarchs around on their flight patterns. He's got oh, a Twitter sweet. account. Is this the care. same kid that did the he, Elon Musk? He did Musk, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Such. Sometimes they spend $15,000 on the fuel to get him there. Right. I wonder like what he's doing in Utah. Like it's absolutely nothing. Let's see. Um, Is there a power plant in Utah we need to be worried about? I don't think the Mormons I went for skiing. I went for skiing. I went for the ski. (laughs) You did what, sir? I went for the ski. It's good to ski there. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Heber, Utah. The guy's name is uh, Leonard Bovlotnik. Yeah, what's old Lenny? Where did he steal his money? From steel or coal or what? I wonder where he stole his money. Under type of plane, it says 2020 Gulfstream G600 Bank of Utah trustee. What the hell does that mean? Whoa. Is that that why he's in Utah? Maybe he was really smart and early on put his money into Utah. There is so much going on in the financial realm that we know nothing about. Yes. Well, think of how many of those guys bought $40 million 
apartments, penthouses in New York City. They bought up bleep loads of uh, real estate yeah, in the last 10, 15 years. Good. Now it's a city where it's not even safe but, to walk down the sidewalk. Okay. I mean, our enemies just flew into Utah. Mm-hmm. Wish the kid, well, the kid really has no means to go further than that, does he? He can only track the flight. Until they show up at his front I was going to say, you've got to be careful with the <laughs> yeah. Russians. They don't mess around. Yeah. Who, who is he following? Uh, he was following Musk. Elon Musk. And Musk tried to buy him out. Yeah. This kid needs to go to work for the CIA. Oh, yeah. We need, Maybe that's what he's going for. He needs to be CIA. Well, the CIA probably can already track those planes for whatever purpose. If this kid can do it. The CIA uh, that, could do it. The chip, I have my faith in the CIA. Wait a second. Wait a second. The gal that got bin Laden, that was all she did, and she was recruited right out of high school. Mm-hmm. She went from high school to the CIA to killing bin Laden. Wow. See, on a, on a side note, uh, for any listener uh, listening, that's not, it's kind of redundant to say that. We will pay you $500. No, don't oh, say that. No. We need our own Kamala Harris. If you know a female out there, your mom or your sister or your girlfriend or whatever, if you know someone who does a dead-on Kamala Harris. Call Joe right now. Email me. Oh. Email me and because and, I have an idea. Hell, and it I'll would call be, somebody right now. It would be fun for the show. And, but I need it, the, the impression would have to be perfect. And, and I'm sure there are people out there that can do a dead-on Kamala Send Harris. your audio audition to uh, gljoe at garagelogic.com. Yeah, he could do it that. It doesn't have to be long. We don't want a long one. We want 30 seconds, and then we'll get back to you. Because we don't want to blow out the well, You're system. acting like we'd actually pay somebody. No, I'm just no. I'm just saying they would. Right. They could just for their audition. Just tw- all we need is twenty seconds, and oh, we we'll can right we away. can work something out. But I have an idea, and I, but I want us to have our own Kamala Harris. Okay. I Email bet Joe. I know who uh, Kenny's calling, but I don't see her doing one. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Why don't we take a timeout? Hey, Geolers, it's Reavers here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron rust and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. They will cut down on salt usage and protect all of your appliances. Trust me when I say bad water affects nearly every single aspect of your home. Your showers are better, your laundry is better, not to mention your drinking water. And another underrated aspect of this, a brand new state-of-the-art Connecticut water treatment system helps the resale value of your home. Please get in touch with my friends at Hoffman Water today. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago and it has made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Call them today for that free water analysis. 952-894-4040 or you can just visit them online today at HoffermanWater.com. Hoffman Water, proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Pat, I think our boys were lucky to beat the lowly Flyers. Yeah, they're giving up a lot of goals, aren't we? We're a little loose in our own end, as they used to say, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, 5-4? Uh, What's yeah. the current confidence level in uh, Talbot? He's having a couple of shaky games. Yeah, the, uh, the, he certainly isn't the 
guy he was early this year or the guy we saw last year, but maybe it's the style they're playing too. They're a little they're uh they haven't they haven't hunkered her down, which is fine with me. I like the fact that uh you can give up four goals on the lo- road and still win. Did you enjoy your time in Cooperstown with Tony? Oh yeah, it was great. It was hell getting there and getting back, but it was uh, it was great being there with him. He's uh, he's still uh, he's still a funny guy. It's amazing. He has a we hardly could walk by anything where he didn't have a quip about the person mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. And, uh, it was uh, it was something, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. But uh, everybody was worried about. Uh, Tony's back if it could hold up because he's having back problems if it hold hold up for an hour and a half I was a hell of a lot more worried about me than I was Tony <laughs> <laughs> because they put Tony in the elevator when they went from one level to the other and I had to haul my fat rear end up the steps man. by the time I got right. by the time I got up the steps I was ready for a nap so. <laughs> <laughs> Roycey, tell the story. Uh, um, I, I don't know where I read it, Twitter or the paper or something, about the 105-mile-an-hour fastball that went right through him. Give us the details. Of uh, well, Nolan Ryan was pitching. We, we ran into a Nolan. CB, with every exhibit he had. No, no, this was downstairs in the storage room. They handed him a Rod Carew bat, right? Right. Because they, they got all They're just laying around out there, huh? <laughs> they got these pages of displays. But down in the storage room, they have 20 times more artifacts that they break out on occasion. Otherwise, they just keep them down there. They change the displays at times. But they were showing Tony various bats. They showed him Babe Ruth's bat, and he held wow. and said, this has to be 45 ounces. And uh, and the guy said, that's exactly what it is, 45 ounces. Cool, and that's then cool. Rodney, and then they gave him one of Rodney's bats. And he was smiling and looking at it. And then he went into Rodney's batting stats and yeah. explained that Rodney kind of did this bent over thing. But against Nolan and some of these guys, when he wanted to be a little quicker in the in case he was going to get hit in the head, he'd stand more straight up. And Nolan was one of those days, Nolan's throwing 100 and something. He said, Calvin, he said 105. And, uh, and, and, Nolan throws a fastball, and Rodney doesn't budge an inch, and it went behind him. Ooh. And, oh. You know, it went, it, everybody else would have been, like, diving out of their face and doing, you know, getting the hell out of Dodge. And Tony's in the on-deck circle, and he screams, What was that? What, what, what's going on, Ruby? And, and Rodney looked at him and said, I think the ball went through me, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Patrick, you remember it was not unusual for if Nolan was pitching for Rodney to suddenly come down with a bad flu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he missed him a couple of times. Yeah. And there was a lot of them that had it in the league. Oh, I know. The, the guy he hated more was Rudy May. Yeah. He, he, Rudy May was a left-hander who threw hard and had a big curveball. I think he threw Rodney, it through me. <laughs> he threw it through me. Oh. Yeah, he had some amazing quips, that's for sure. Hey, Roycey, uh, um, Super 70 Sports just tweeted uh, the most career home runs off Nolan Ryan. Uh, excuse me, Ryan, was some dude, I, I, don't, I don't know who he is, Will Clark. Yeah, with, San Francisco. With First six of them. Yeah, he was a great player for San Francisco. Yeah. But only six. Yeah. Wow. 
Uh, yeah, well, you know, the thing about Nolan Ryan that we all remember around here is he he's starting the All-Star game here in 1985. He's been out of – how long has he been in Houston, Reavers? Five, six years by then? Probably, yeah. Yeah, he's starting for Houston. Ricky Henderson comes up to the plate and he knocks him on his ass because he's still mad at him the way he reacted when he hit a home run off him six years ago. <laughs> he basically buzzed him for what he'd done six years ago. And then he bent over Winfield, too, and went, when he didn't hit the ground, but he bent over because he buzzed him inside, too. He was still. So basically, still you get a hit off of Nolan Ryan. You apologize to him as you run right. to first no, base. <laughs> no, home runs. Those were both home runs that they didn't treat, that they must have admired for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can imagine Rookie might have moon. Ricky might have moonwalked around. You know, Ricky. Yeah, yeah. You know what you wanted to do when you hit one off Nolan, no how far, no matter how far it went was start running out of the box and get get briskly around the bases and don't look at him in no. any way. Keep your Hustle. head down. Hustle. Very <laughs> sorry, Mr. Ryan. I'm sorry, Very Mr. sorry. Ryan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, think Bob Gibson, uh, I think I think Bob Gibson probably had the same attitude. I think he did, too. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, what was the famous, my favorite story is Early Wind. Early Wind was one of the great drunks I ever met in my life when he was drunk in the twins room and telling stories, it was hilarious. And, uh, but his famous story is he's pitching for the, uh, white Sox and Gil McDougal. This is so long ago. Gil McDougal was a fairly young player. Maybe, maybe early was pitching for Cleveland. I'm not sure, but he gets up there, Kenny, and he's pawn with the left foot. Like he's taking a, Get sure. Hole. Sure. Sure. And yeah. He turns around early, standing next to him, like three feet away from him. Came down from the mound and said, "Son, you better bury. You better dig that hole deep enough to bury yourself." <laughs> <laughs> Pat, who was the pitcher? The the pitcher that yelled in at the batter, "You better get in that box right now. I'm double parked." Who was that? <laughs> Sound like something maybe Nolan would have done. I can't remember. Yeah, somebody might have said that, yeah. but. Uh, uh, that was a that was a fame. Early would knock you on your. Isn't it amazing? They're playing with no helmets. Right. It's like baseball. It's like hockey. You know, these guys have no helmet. Well, Tony. One thing Tony said is, and this is true. He said that two first two months he was in the league as a full time player. He you know he was hitting like four hundred for the first three weeks and line drives all over the place. He said, I spent more time on my knees in the batter's box than I did on my feet because they were throwing at me so often. Yeah. Tony was. was famous, go ahead, yeah. Pat. And Tony, there was one I remember as a kid. It was like his fourth or fifth year. I wasn't that much of a kid, I guess. But, uh, you know, I was. I guess I was old enough to be hard drinking by then. But uh, anyway. <laughs> Tony, uh, it's his fourth or fifth game of his rookie year, 64. And, he gets a Phil. He comes up and Phil Reagan's pitching for Detroit and threw one right at his head. He tried to kill him and basically Tony goes flat down, gets up, hits the ball over the center fielder's head in Detroit in Tiger Stadium, which is 440 feet. So that was uh, he was not intimidated, but they were trying it. For Rod Carew shares a fantastic story about facing Bob Gibson. "Quote: When I was 20, I faced Gibby at an exhibition match in Florida." I tried to fill in a hole in the batter's box, and he told me, quote, 
get in the box, kid. I'm double parked. Yeah. He knocked me down four <laughs> times and then walked me. As I walked to first, he said, and don't even think about trying to steal. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> I knew that. Maybe what I didn't. I forgot it was Rodney. Yeah. yeah Rodney. <laughs> what a great story. Yeah. Well, back the, to- one we've always, the one Mark always told was about Don Drysdale, who was vicious, you know, yeah. through sidearm and throw at the heads and Richie Allen was a rookie for the Phillies, and uh, and Richie Allen in the batter's box against in the in the on deck circle for the first time against Drysdale, and Drysdale stares over there and stares over there, waits to catch Dick Allen's eye, and Richie Allen looks at him, you know, and he catches his eye, and then he throws the ball at West Covington's head, the hitter, and. You know, the next he, he just basically the message was, watch this. Yeah. Threw the ball at the head of West Covington, who was hitting third. And then he, Box said, Richie never got comfortable in the back, in the box the rest of his life against that drive. Right. <laughs> he was, thought he might throw at him. It, it's amazing what they did, that's for sure. Hey, but, f- but the Hall, Hall of Fame is a, is a hell of a place once you get there, but yeah. getting there. Yeah. <sighs> Hey, Pat, real quick, do you see who's back in the hockey tournament for the first time in ages? Minneapolis. And Minneapolis as a one team. One team. And Creighton-Durham Hall hasn't been a regular. And my alma mater, Prior Lake, has been there. Yep. We never even knew the sport existed when I right. was there. <laughs> Creighton-Durham Hall last in in 2009. Yeah, they won three yes. SIP yesterday. Was it three? I had a person East, in attendance. Eastview? Yes. Eastview. At Braemar. Yep. But the greatest victory of all was Hill Murray eliminating those frauds from Gentry Academy where they go to school for an hour a day and play hockey for eight. Yes. Yeah. Hell with them. Gentry's I, always been under the microscope. They've only been out there two, three years. It's a damn hockey. Uh, it's a hockey school that occasionally gives somebody a an assignment to uh, you know write a history of hockey or something. I remember when Saint uh, when Sophia played for uh, for Saint Paul United. Uh, that was big, and Gentry got called out, and uh, they didn't make it to the tournament, and United did. So that allowed Sophia to well, play they, in the hockey they tournament. Have, how long have they been there? Getting more and more famous. Here. It must They've be five years. years. I think five or six okay. years. One final note before uh, we go about Tony. Tony was doing the men's nativity men's sports shirt stag with a couple other twins. And I, of course, was emceeing the event. And somebody had shouted a question to me, and I had the microphone on the other side. And I was trying to relay what the question was. And Tony stands up out of frustration, stealing the crowd, saying, What's the matter? You don't speak English? <laughs> it just it was the knight's it was the knight's call. He yells at me, What's the matter? You don't speak English? It was so funny. <clears throat> You know, he is a great observer of everything that's around. I, I kind of pointed that out. I mean, he sees not only going through the hall, but, uh, you know, his quote about, you know, when you lose game seven, it's like being the vice president. You don't have anything. There's nothing to do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All no right, way. Patrick. We'll talk to you Monday. All right. All right. Go. Uh, Go Lakers, I guess. I don't know. I got a big hockey game tonight that I can't worry about. We're, our, the girls are playing Hopkins. Uh-oh. Uh, we're All trying right. to get Dang. to the state tournament. Go right. Wild! Yeah. Yeah, they're at Buffalo tonight. Yeah. Okay, goodbye. Yeah. Good, yeah. We'll see you. 
All right, uh, Such, before we go away and take a break here, uh, I want to say just a couple more words about truck drivers. We've been talking about them a lot today at GL, and we actually have a couple of GLers um, that we actually know, at least I do, both Vic and John and a whole lot more of truck drivers we've never met or haven't met yet. All of these guys, especially the owner-operators, they've got to make their rigs last up to 500,000 to a million miles uh, and they do that with the help of seafoam, seafoam motor treatment, high mileage in the tank during Phillips, and seafoam treatment in the crankcase about a 1,000 miles or so before oil changes. Uh, like Vic says, and I'm quoting Vic, and Vic is quoting somebody else, it'll make your rig run like a rocket ship on rails. You get extra credit, GLers, if you uh, get that little uh, reference. Here's the official word from seafoam. Their words, not mine. Seafoam can be added to your engine oil as often as every oil change interval. Just pour it into your engine's oil filler neck. For routine crankcase cleaning, add seafoam to your engine's oil at about 100 to 300 drive miles before a scheduled oil and filter change. And now with the price of gas and diesel on the rise, you're going to make that car, truck, motorcycle, big rig, whatever it is, last as many miles as possible and get the best mileage it's capable of. They're a local company with a global reach and truly a great product in a world of insanely high-priced bad gas and grody crankcases. They're Seafoam. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. We are coming up on St. Patrick's Day, the luck of the Irish day. Do you make practical decisions based on being lucky? Do you have one agent representing only one company for your home and auto insurance? Are you hoping they are lucky enough to have the best coverage at the best price for you? One single source? Really? At the Canopy Group, we wish you only the best of luck, but we also believe you deserve more than luck when it comes to your home and auto insurance. The Canopy Group process carefully selects their 40 professionals and hand selects their 16 companies to then run thousands of different insurance scenarios each month for you. This due diligence and hard work results in the best coverage at the best price for Canopy clients. Remember, new clients enjoy an average savings of over $800 annually. That's annually. Contact the Canopy Group today at 800-967-3389 or visit them online at thecanopygroup.com. Say that deer are really struggling up north. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, a strong March thaw would lower the troublesome snowpack and provide relief. But the National Weather Service Climate Prediction Center says uh, the outlook through March 30 is leaning toward precipitation that would be 33% to 40% above normal. Hmm. The same 30-day outlook for temperatures is leaning 33% to 40% below normal. It's one of the coldest uh, winters. Up north on record. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what? Patrick. I'm, I'm still busy with this. Patrick called back. I, I have more on this. Okay. Okay. Where is he? He's on the what phone. are the records of ice out? I, I was going to say something about that. Yes. 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 What can we... You were just with us. What's the deal? No, go ahead. I'll wait. That's, uh, I'll wait it out. 
Well, I was going to find the part where it will be uh, very interesting, those garage logicians that are sitting by there wireless. <laughs> Uh, never mind. I'm done with the uh, deer thing. It's just uh, it's just kind of ironic. We're told that the we're we're all melting, but the we have a real record uh, breaking winter going on. I have more to say on that in a moment. Climate change, Joe. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about that. John Kerry will take care of us. Yeah. What's on your mind? Uh, we didn't get to. Hey, quick story. I, uh, I came home and uh, Katie told me uh, I had run to Byerly's to get some beef tongue, and uh, she said uh, beef tongue. She would not eat beef tongue because it came out of a cow's mouth. So I. Uh, I gave her an egg. Because <laughs> get it. A priest. Chicken butt. A priest, a rabbit, and a minister walked into a bar. A priest, a rabbit, and a minister. Walked into a bar, and the bartender says, the rabbit, what'll it be? Rabbit says, I don't know. I'm just here as a result of autocorrect. Get it? No. Rabbi. Autocorrect. <laughs> Oh, oh, that one got that to the mirror. I kind of cleaned up, too. I, I, you can dirty that one up. Yes, you can. Yeah. I've heard it uh, told uh, other ways, sir. Yes, and one of the four things you can see from space right now. Pat, you, you usually are the one who has trouble telling a joke. <laughs> yes, I've been uh, thoroughly mocked. So are we reversing the bit now, or what? Thoroughly mocked the last three or four months. I've decided to uh, head out on my own and do some stand-up here. He's worked on his act. The four things you can see from space. What are the four things you can currently see from space? Well, you can see the Earth and the moon and the sun. More specifically on the Earth, I would say uh, the Great Pyramids. Yep. The Grand Canyon. Yep. The Amazon River. Uh-huh. And the balls of Vladimir Zelensky. <laughs> uh, that's a big wheelbarrow. <laughs> It is a big one. Really quick, Pat, uh, one of the jokes I told the crew before the show began was, because uh, <clears throat> I know how much you and Rookie are fans of dad jokes, is a uh, guy says to his wife, you know, you really should embrace all of your mistakes, and then she yes. gave me a big hug. <laughs> so you can add that to your yeah. arsenal. I believe that one. You uh, you outpunted your coverage there, Reavers. Yes, yes, yeah. I did. Very much so. Yes, you did. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. You, like, you say you're going to a hockey game tonight. Yeah, we're gonna go out to those kids try to fly past the puck around, and uh, you know those gals have improved quite a bit since uh, that ringette. That, uh, That's right. In the past, ringette. Yeah. Well, you know, you should not never call it ringette because that means something smaller. That that was kind of a slap in the face, wasn't oh, it? Something smaller is when we used to play ring toss in the backyard, if you know what I mean. <laughs> You only play with a select few, if you know. I, what I think mean. so. Close friends. Yeah. Yes. Right. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Wow. yes, it is. All right, Pat. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh -huh. See you later. All right. <laughs> it's always good that he calls back. I have a prediction. A dire prediction? No. No, we've made enough of those today. I was going to say because we only we're down to what, Kenny? One thirty-eight. Uh, yeah, it's one twenty-two right now. Yeah. So uh, it's what? It's almost. We only over. have an hour and thirty-eight minutes oh, that's left. That's right. Yeah. So we better make it count. I'm going to enter, I think I'm eligible, I want to enter the Countdown to Meltdown 2022. If you guess the ice out date for Minnetonka, you get a cruise for four people, I think, from Allen Elmas oh. on the lake. And I would love to do that because I have a, I have a prediction. Uh, there's been about six May ice outs on Minnetonka 
since 1855. Okay. I predict this year will be a May ice out. Uh, the latest is May 5th. That was as recently as 2018. I'm going May 6th this year. You are. There's no warm weather in sight. There's no period of thawing. There's no 60s in sight. But we had some good melt. You had a 44-degree day. Big deal. But aren't Come we supposed on. to get a ton of rain tomorrow? That, what, I was going to get a mix, a precipitation look mix. Look at the 10-day forecast. It's very chilly. Okay. But we're going to lose a lot of ground snow. I'm just telling you, my prediction is May 6th. All right, I'm going to write it down. May 6th for 20. May 22 for White Bear, which lake did you say? This None is Minnetonka. Minnetonka. None of you idiots are going to be here next week. Uh, I, it's a bold thing to say, Maybe, given Kenny's announcement. Yeah. Not a prediction, an announcement. We, any of us are going to be We've got here. about an hour and a half left, don't we? 136. Nope. Yeah. Oh, man, alive. How am I going to live my life? Mm-hmm. What You're am not. I going to do? You're not. You're one of. The, you'll be one of the sacrificed. Uh, obviously, April ice outs are the most common. Uh, but I do not think Minnetonka will have an April ice out this year. I well, think there it's goes gonna, Lent for me if this is the end of the world. It's going to be March. <laughs> it's a tough time, isn't it? You're too? pretty sure because before I really go home and, and really push the envelope, I want to be, I mean, what percentage are we here? I'm pretty sure that nuclear holocaust is going to melt all the ice. So, so there's that. It might it's be a March going, ice out. It'll be right. uh, gone by 6 p.m. today. Okay. We got a bird flu update. It's as close now as Western Iowa. Oh boy! Uh, a highly pathogenic avian influenza in the flock of uh, chickens somewhere in uh, Iowa. I know what so, Royce you would be saying right now. What's that? Bird flu. Yeah, he's he, he's never. <laughs> we got COVID, baby. I'm not worried about bird flu. If I could do an impersonation of him at all. Everything that was everything looks uh, trite compared to what's taking place in. Ukraine, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really it's uh, it's unfortunate that the world just keeps plowing on no matter what. I mean, death, war, just doesn't stop for anybody, and that's, that's well. A maybe sad I state. can brighten your day by Please. saying by saying only. Oh, that because they come to all disparage this only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa. It's on this day, March 4, in history. Last day on Earth. 1854. St. Paul and Stillwater are incorporated as cities. Huh. On this day, March 4, in 1892, in Tower, Minnesota, Father Joseph F. Bew publishes issue 11 of Amerikanski Slovenak, American Slovene, the first national newspaper for Slovenes in the United States. The paper had started in Chicago, but it had ceased publication after 10 issues. Boo, who served as St. Martin's Catholic Church in Tower and St. Anthony Parish in Ely, would supervise the paper's publication until 1899. And on this day in 1911, Jerry McCarty and Peter Jewell escaped from the main jail, uh, the main cell house at the Minnesota State Prison in Stillwater after McCarty somehow obtained a key that unlocked a bar running in front of the cell doors. Stop. Describe the key. Oh, the giant key that had the big holes in the end. Where you... <laughs> Is that a huge key ring, you know? Jewel, a trustee, making his evening rounds with a torch for igniting tapers, Stuck by convicts in their cell doors which, with which to light their pipes for a final night smoke, used the key to release McCarty, and the two hard cases hastily climbed over a wall. 
On July 15, McCarty, a burglar who had been sent to Stillwater for shooting at police officers, and Minneapolis patrolman Joseph Ollinger would kill each other in a close-range revolver battle. On oh. August 12, Jules, sentenced for robbing a jewelry store, would be captured on the crowded Selby Avenue Lake Street streetcar after mortally wounding St. Paul Detective Frank Frazier, who clings to Jewel until another officer tells the escape, fells the escapee with his police club. Let me back go back here. Jeez. So you had a trustee back then that the prisoners would stick uh, igniting tapers in their out the bars, and this guy would come along and light them so they could light pipes, their evening smoke. Uh, that has changed. They no longer allow that, I believe, maybe since 1965. On this day, March 4, in 1941, Elkhorn native Sam Lopresti, a goaltender for the Chicago Blackhawks, <laughs> made 80... 80- <gasps> Saves in a game against the Bruins. Three pucks what? got by him, and Chicago lost three what? to two. Eighty saves. That's got to be uh, a, an NHL record. Yeah. record without yeah. a helmet or a mask. I'm right. sure. Hey, are you done? What was, no. was there? Oh. Just no defense at all. That's ridiculous. Look Eighty. Up, look up quickly. NHL save record. What's the NHL save record? It has to be eighty. Record or record? Sam Lepresti. And on this day, March 4th, in 1942, Tammy Faye LaValle, Tammy Faye Baker, is born in International Falls with her husband, Jim Baker. She would help to found uh, three of the largest Christian television networks in the world, including the Praise the Lord Ministry, after Jim was jailed for fraud and conspiracy, a charge for which she escaped conviction. She divorced him and married Roe Messner. What did you say his name was, Joe? Sam Lepresti. I've got a guy named, are you ready for this? Yeah. Ron Tugnut. Really? Hmm. Whoa. That's a good name for a goalie. 70 versus the Bruins in 91. The record for most saves, oh, that's an NHL playoff game, is 85. Um, Jonas Caprazilo, uh, 85 saves versus the Lightning on August 11th, 2020. You're kidding. That was a playoff game. How many saves? 85. Why, don't, why wasn't that a headline? I don't remember I don't that. Remember that I don't know. Uh, really quick, because I forgot to play this for you the other day, and yeah. I don't want him to come after me. Yeah. Painter called me yeah. while you were talking about goals scored Yeah. About a week ago or so. Yeah. He left me a voicemail. I told him I would play it for you and the GLers. Hang yeah. on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I'm, I'm already sweaty. I know. I, and I, I forgot to play this the other day. And I apologize for he that. He doesn't like when you forget. I forget a lot of times, too. Hey, I called to uh, help you clarify something. I just listened to the 23 podcast this morning. You guys were talking about Matt Mark Pavlich being the first American to score five goals in an NHL game. I guess that's accurate. I don't know for sure. But then you mentioned uh, Joe brought up Timmy Young getting five goals, well, saying six goals in one game against the Rangers. Uh, you guys clarified that he's not American. He's Canadian. He actually went to the same high school I did. And he didn't get six goals in that game. He got five. I was at the. I was in the game, so I saw it. But what was unique about his five goals is he scored them on five shots, and that was in New York uh, at Madison Square Gardens. It was. Uh, there's a lot more to the story that uh, you wouldn't want to share on television or on radio. But sometime I'll share it with you guys as to what makes it an even more remarkable feat: the fact that he got five goals in five shots. I can only imagine. <laughs> anyway, 
I have a you guess. You guys are always priding yourselves in being accurate. Now you're accurate. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Painter. Yeah. <laughs> I have something that I think was could bring... Was it this? Pain. I would guess yeah. that that's what it was. I have something that uh, I, think, I think could bring Payne and I back together so we're no longer enemies. I don't know. I don't think... I think it's his real name. What did you do to Painter? Mocked. Let's, you know what? Let's move past that right, and right. move, move to my um, <laughs> olive branch. Rook, what's the name of his deal down by Hastings? Uh, that is the. It's right next Heroes, to that sand um, sandbox. It's right next place. to sandbox. It is. Oh, you're putting me on the spot here, but I'm going to find out. It's the uh, heroes. Because I was at the sandbox for uh, four days, and I walked over there during some downtime, and it is really, really cool. Uh, and he's done a hell of a job over there, and it was very impressive. They were building a wall at the time and putting names on the on the on the wall. Of uh, these heroes, Did you United find Heroes League. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's a, and it wasn't even done back then yet, Kenny. Now uh, they're even closer. They dedicate. You put a brick. You yeah. can buy a brick to every a veteran that is gone, and the United Heroes Leagues. It helps kids that come back, and their their parents may be gone, and they supply them with sports. Um, there's also a big, huge track. Yeah, so, there's like, there's a training ground. Is there, there a rink? There's not a rink. Oh. This is more military. Uh, oh. uh, it's a it's a fantastic. You can learn more about it at unitedheroesleague.org. They're always taking money left and right, but it's on the UHL campus in Hastings. The Minnesota Heroes Monument will be one of the largest in the Twin Cities. Wonderful. Again, go to United unitedheroesleague.com and look at the Heroes Monument. Yeah, you I, I hate everything, and I absolutely love that. It was brilliant. It was cool and very touching. Uh, it will be open to the general public on Memorial Day 2022. Cool. Very Good. cool. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Get a gander. Thank you, GLers. Yeah. Speaking of going online. Yeah, what do you got? Pod MN. And? Pod MN. Pod MN for all of your uh, podcast needs and libraries. Go online to the Garage Logic uh, Facebook page, the Garage Logic Instagram page, more importantly, the YouTube page, because we want you to subscribe and you can kind of check out all of the um, ins and outs behind the scenes, on the air, etc., and maybe just crazy videos that we've made and just threw on there. Subscribe to that on YouTube. You will not be disappointed in the least. What podcast was this? 803. 803. Not a not a milestone, no. but we well, just... Well, you were here for 800. We just got here at 800, so it's okay. All right, I'm going to have a great weekend. And uh, you happy give Lent. us one? Happy Lent, give us everybody. One? Give us one, Right when I hear the uh, post, man, I'm going to give you a nice, easy, but patient... It's great out cue music. <laughs>